Welcome, welcome. This is Simply King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself, and you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. And today is a cool one. Today is a great one. Today is one that I'm so glad to have because I feel like not only is this woman intelligent, not only do I love her her Twitter banter, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna tell y'all why I love her Twitter banter real quick. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stand real quick for her Twitter banter because. Today, in today's world, you have this weird sense of contrarianness where people feel like because somebody, everybody likes a thing, then I have to now give a kind of alternate point about it. Well, my guest today, what I love about it is like you can always tell she's speaking from exactly what the fuck she feels, her own mind. This isn't a, 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 a some uh, think piece that she read and then brought it to Twitter. And if it disagrees to what a lot of people say that's just what she thinks and i love that because you can feel it you can see it it holds up and it makes damn sense it's not it's not an echo chamber it's not like oh i heard this tweet a few minutes ago you know what i'm saying it's like you're annoying bro y'all not even seeing this or y'all know you really you're kind of toxic and that's just what it is and you know what i'm gonna do with the hell i want because i can do what i want what you saying i love it i love it i love it oh how many people get your name wrong when you like? How many people call you Alicia? Um, every like a lot of people all the time, every day. Yeah, that's a thing. People <laughs> of the podcast who are listening, please, please welcome Alicia Attaway to the program. How you feeling? I'm great, Rodney. I'm so glad you asked me to be a part of the podcast. Like I've been listening, you know. Super proud of you, supportive. So I'm excited to be on today. Oh yeah, and let me. And I'm, I'm gonna keep standing. She is. She also is an alum of my of our alma mater, being the illustrious Clark Atlanta University. I'm giving y'all like, look, like I said, in my last episode. I don't gotta reach far for amazing opinions and great people. You just when you got it, you got it. When you got the when you come from something that just come from something, you just got it like that. I don't gotta reach far. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can really go down the whole list, and I've just pulled out people who are great and have great opinions and are excelling in whatever the hell they're doing, and they're coming on to the program. And look what you're getting. You know what I'm saying? So you might whoever you are, you might want to look into. Go get some. Go get some more knowledge over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? On two, two, three. But okay. But no, I wanted to bring you on because there was a specific tweet that I believe me and you kind of connected on, and it was about something that I feel like was a definitely a driving force on creating this whole platform as a whole, and that was really to talk to Black millennials and talk to millennials in general, uh, because I feel like there is this odd ass energy of towards you know just the millennial thinking and the millennial ways. And just really, I just think it's just a progressive way of thinking. Like we're just thinking in the now, like this, like shit can't always be. And it was a, it was a video essentially explaining how millennials are essentially going about their careers in the worst type of ways. Like we, we don't want to stay in a job for a few mm -hmm. years. We don't want to, you know, pay our dues as some old heads may say, we don't want to, like, just stick it out and deal with whatever we got to deal with, get whatever we got to get for maybe 10, 12, 13 years, collect a pension, and just be cool and find our passions at around 50 to 60 to 70 years old. That's when you can live your life. Just work right now. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't appreciate that. I didn't like that. I don't, I don't, I just don't agree with that. And to me, I feel like there's been so many successful examples of people who have figured that this thing right here isn't for me. Like either being this school, either being this certain type of education, they may literally need to do something else. 
And for a lot of people, they've become very successful redirecting how they want to educate themselves in whatever discipline that is and applying themselves and creating a thing, either, you know, from entrepreneurs to business owners, all these different things. Like, I think people got to, like, allow room for that to be a paradigm shift that's needed. But how do you how do you feel? We've been out of school for a good minute. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about kind of just that good old corporate nine to five culture? So I'm going to be super transparent because I feel like this is the perfect time for you to have me on the podcast. Look, you know, you this know, conversation. the universe works. You know what Ooh, I'm saying? It's it, really it, it, always working. Truly does. So I, after we graduated 2015, I mm-hmm. went straight to work. We graduated May 18th. I went to work on June 15th. Mm. Fortune 500 company. Um, I won't say company names, but automotive industry. Corporate, corporate. Corporate, corporate. Very, very traditional. Um, And I've spent the last three and a half, what, four years now um, in corporate. Just, I will say my experience was different being that I had a field position. So I wasn't in the office Mm -hmm. every day in a cubicle. So, you know, I was driving around meeting clients. So it wasn't as bad for me as it is for some people. Yeah. But like you said, millennials are just trying to reinvent the wheel. Like that, that's not, that's just not our lifestyle. (laughs) Like I just, I don't know. Like if I had to sit in the, in the office every single day in the cubicle, I would probably lose my mind. Just, I just, Oh, yeah, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not in a cubicle, but I definitely am in it at a desk most of the day. And I think, you Mm -hmm. know, just looking at like how different I feel, like it it literally makes you feel different. You know what I'm saying? Sedentary lives is like trash. It's really trash. Uh, I don't mind, you know, sitting down and focusing and working on something that I believe, you know, something I'm really passionate about working on for hours. That's something mm-hmm. that never really makes you tired, right? Right, but right. having to apply your, you know, your brain and your critical thinking and just, or just some sense of repetition to, like, whatever the hell, it's like, golly. And all you're doing is that just sitting there, posture probably terrible. <laughs> right. You, you eating, you got snacks at your desk because you don't want to keep getting up. So you got all this water and coffee, your tea, and then the snacks at your desk. So it's literally like you just eating, like just eating, drinking, and typing all day, answering phones, calling people. Just that you're just, you know, it's just not good. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a firm believer of that's not a way that people should be. That's not a way you should be for a long time. Especially mm-hmm. shouldn't be there for way for a long time, and I think we see that you you see that even in corporate culture. To me, the more tenure you have in a lot of different industries, the more freedom you get away from that damn desk. You know what I'm yeah. saying? From you being able to work remote, or you just having more privileges to be out, to work outside the office in general, or having more days, you know, PTO days and like right. all that type of shit. It's like the longer you're here doing the bullshit, the the more and the more power you achieve, the more you don't have to do the bullshit, which is like a weird perception. Backwards, yeah, it's like... a it's a weird perception <laughs> because it's like for some for a lot of people. They're going to see that and be like, oh, that's the goal. I need to be just, I need to get to this C-suite level to where I can mm-hmm. go play golf every day, come into the office around 11 o'clock and leave this bitch around 2 and go to <laughs> go to a power lunch on top of rooftop. And that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just made a million things happen coming in for two hours. That's what my life should be. It's going to take me 30 years and a lot of ass kissing to get there, but I'm going to do mm-hmm. it. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't, I never... I don't know. I don't know. I, I I would love to, I would love to know more about like what I guess how you feel about your experience as a whole from a standpoint of what you came in already expecting. Like, did it meet your mm-hmm. expectations? Kind of working in corporate, Ooh. or did it exceed your expectations? That's a great question. So, like I said, I'm going to be super transparent because it's important. I feel like that's that can even be a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. But so I did my internship for the company that I started with. So I did have somewhat of an expectation already interning there, 
um, working with the people that would be doing my job, you mm-hmm. know, once I started full time. So I had, I had a bit of, like, I had some expectations, but like, once you do, once you do it for real, it's just so different. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like for those who don't know, um, I have a travel blog, you know, something like that. And I feel like traveling was the way that I just stayed sane. So yeah. everyone was like, you're always traveling. You're always going somewhere. And I'm just like, I have to, like, I have yes. to, to be okay, <laughs> like to go yeah. to work. And like I, every week at work, it's like, okay, I'm here to make this money so I can travel. <laughs> like, yes. that is, that's it. Like, yes. That was my whole mentality. And when I said I was going to be transparent, I literally got fired last month. Mm. So I got fired. Um, me and my boss had a personal problem. It's been ongoing back and forth for over a year to two years now. And I've gone to senior management and said, hey, like this isn't working. One, you guys are not advancing me um, to my expectations and my um, accomplishments. Like I got, you know, specialist of the year. I did what I need to do. And you guys still want to advance me. Oh, well, yeah, your manager said you're not ready. But, like, you tell me to be in control of my career, but then at the same time, someone else is responsible for my career. So those are the problems that I have with corporate. Like, those kind of things and the whole politics and ass-kissing, like you said earlier, that I just can't do. I just can't do. And and let me, let me, let me, you know what I'm saying, give you even more props about how intelligent I know you to be. Because so, I don't even got to know exactly whatever the goals were to move up. Because mm-hmm. Alicia, y'all, was smart as hell in school. She's still smart as hell now. Alicia is that stu- was that student where if we all just had a hard-ass test, she was like, actually, it was all right. I think <laughs> like, I think, it was like, I know y'all sweating, but I feel like I at least got to right, be. All right, all right. Rodney is giving me a lot. <laughs> Tell y'all, Rodney was really great at presentations. Anytime we had a group project, we're like, Rodney has to speak because he's real smooth with it. So like, but no, you, you, you. I know you're bright as hell, and I think that's that's, and I know you do the work, like you, right? You know how to like organize and study and like do whatever needs to be done to kind of achieve whatever that is. So it's, I think that's the part that's always interesting to me, and that's Mm -hmm. why I've I've always had a weird, I have a weird introduction into what quote-unquote work ethic and hard work looks like. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was having this conversation with my girlfriend when I was just talking about, like, the just, you know, the pressure of, like, working and adulting and shit like that. And, like, she was talking about, like, you just got to work hard. You got to work hard. This, that, and the third. And I was like, I'm going to tell you something. My introduction to what hard work looks like comes from moms, right? right. Moms, you know, I'm from the South as well. I'm from Tennessee. And in Jackson, Tennessee, majority of the people who work in Jackson, Tennessee are working in manufacturing, just like most people in uh, rural parts of the South and just most parts of the South. They're working at a factory job, either doing something extremely fucking hard or extremely fucking repetitious or both. Right. And my mom has forever been in that industry in some way, shape or form. And what hard works look like in her to me from her being my introduction to it is literally her going to work 12 hours a day, mm-hmm. coming home, going to sleep, still having to raise two children, and yet still just making just enough. You know what I'm saying? And yep. then on top of that, you're working hard, but that merit that you've gained, the 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 so many, the thousands and thousands of products that you've probably literally made with your bare hands means nothing when they have to cut you. Means nothing when they want to lay people off. Means nothing when the company goes down. And it means nothing. When you ask for a raise, when you ask for some slack, when you ask for some type of break, it means right. nothing. Right. And I think when it comes to corporate life, I think it's not that's that's I think manufacturing jobs are definitely the most extreme. But when it comes to corporate life, I think it's a lot more of the illusion that put it, that's put into it. It's kind yes, of like yes, to yes. me, I've always seen corporate uh, as presenting you know, stability in a way. Like, this is probably mm-hmm. the most standardized way to gain some type of stability of life. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to, like, corporate always, you know, usually means you're going to have benefits. You're going to have your 401k. You're going to have a retirement plan. You might have all these different things to make you feel like, oh, okay, I can give me a real slice of the pie working for this little job or whatever. And then you get in, and then you realize, oh, it's not as easy as just going to work, working hard, doing what you're supposed to do because Mm-mm. it's still someone else who, you know, who controls it, like you said. And I think the 
that's why I believe as millennials we've seen through the bullshit. It's like you just want me to be cool with yep. when whenever you're ready to give me something. When I'm mm-hmm. like I've been doing this for this long, I believe I should progress at least on a yearly basis. Why should I like stand still and like just be cool with getting what I'm getting, getting the same bit of money when I got the numbers to literally show you there's literally metrics for all this shit. Literally. Yep. It just does not make sense. Yep. It's like you move the carrot. So I had conversations and I was proactive with my management like, hey, you know, in my program that I started in was supposed to be rotational. And I'm like, I haven't rotated. So what's the problem? Like, oh, well, you know, we think it's this. Okay, well, I did that. Okay, well, now it's this. Okay, now I did that. So you just kept moving the carrot. And to be honest, I was already miserable. I was already ready to go. It was already well past my time. So I feel like me getting fired was the universe saying, hey, you put this off long enough you've procrastinated it's time for you to go like there's no more waiting (laughs) so let's go that's so you know it is what it is it is it is what it is and i think you know it's unfortunate it had to come to that um but i do think you know shit does happen for a reason and mm-hmm. um, and that's really all you can really think about it when it comes to shit like that. For me, I I had to quit my first job out of school. It was a it was a startup, and I think I definitely kind of fell for that startup glamour. Yeah, you know, feeling like you know you're so close to management, you're so close to all these different things, and I felt like I was getting like getting up there pretty fast. I was you know cross training and all these different things, all these different departments. I'm like, oh shit, I might really be getting something done around this, you know, and. Once it came to that plateau area and when I looked at other people who I felt like, uh, you know, who my other colleagues who I'm realizing, damn, I'm literally getting to that level of just being stuck, just being like in the same place. And some of them have been there for years, you know, in that same spot, in that same place. And it's like the all of my reviews when it came to performance and behavior and all of those different types of things were always based around how I had too much influence on my other co-workers. Interesting. It was literally like they wanted me to be a team player by making sure everyone else stayed focused on the task at hand because I almost controlled if the task was going to happen or not. Like this is what they literally tried to put on my back. It's like I was like that ain't my problem. Like, right. <laughs> that ain't my problem yeah, no. if, if I'm literally if we if we literally just talking while we work and somebody else gets off their shit. And then also, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing (laughs) that this is how you see this? And it was just like when I kept seeing the the power dynamics of it all, and that's Mm -hmm. what trips me the hell out when you have, like, middle management who have been given a little bit of power. Mm -hmm. And for my situation, I can't – I think for the longest, a lot of us thought that our manager, you know, everybody's manager was the one who was terrible. We thought it was her. We thought it was her making all these terrible decisions, doing all this silly ass shit. It's like, it's got to be her. When once we realized, oh, no, she's actually more transparent than they ass. She's letting us know shit and then looking at us like, how y'all don't know this already? Mm-hmm. It's them who are being this filter into all these different things because the way the job was set up, it was all about knowledge. So we knew more than our management did because they just always stayed with their administrative things. So they didn't know how to do certain things. Uh-huh. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. and, and the whole and the job itself was very intra, very intra, you know, where we had to do a lot of things, you know, across departments and do, you know, fulfill certain things within the company. Then do also do things outside to, you know, our different clients. So it was like, oh, y'all don't know how to do shit. All of the, all of the, you know, the stylists who worked there, because a retail service, um, used to come to us to get their problems fixed. So y'all would never know what's going on. Like mm-hmm. they would probably never have to be approached about anything. We know how to fix all things. We know how to turn down all these different, you know, lights and put on, put them right back up. It doesn't matter. Why are you here? We really don't need you. <laughs> That's. I think that was the internal battle. But I would love to know. When it comes to the workplace environment and what you had to deal with from a standpoint of, because I believe there is a difference of, you know, going into the corporate America and being a black woman going into corporate America, you know? And I think uh, there's a, 
different um there's a different set of you know rules there's a different thing there's different things that we have to go in with already knowing that this may be a thing we have to deal with that i don't think the average individual meaning the average white individual really has to ever think about right now so you know Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was <laughs> I, I was going to just say I, I would love to know about some of those experiences. Like, you know, I believe, you know, code switching is a big uh, buzzword when it comes to that. And that's something that I feel like people battle with because they feel like they don't really know how to see it as, either as a positive or a negative, as playing the game or, or selling out. I think it's something that's always been a very interesting uh, thing because I believe that's an overcompensating thing. Like we got to play along type shit to really get through. But I want to know yeah. what your, what's your take on just being literally black at work? Whew. Yeah. So it's funny. I was just thinking about our professors telling us these things when mm -hmm. we were still in college. And we mm -hmm. were like, what are you like? It didn't click until you got there. And you're yeah. like, oh, wow. OK. And, you know, even you, you have locks. So, like, yeah. how do you feel? Like, you know, how is how is your experience? And like, we can get to that, too. Yeah. But like. It's, I don't know. I feel like for me, it wasn't as bad again because I wasn't in an office setting. Mm -hmm. So I would be out. I, I saw my manager maybe once a month. Like, that was it. So I was out visiting clients every day. But even that, it was still like I dealt with basically middle-aged and older white men who didn't work for my company. So they can say what they want to say, do what they want to do. Mm. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. And it's always just like, how do I i act what do i say like finding those commonalities to have conversations with them was even hard like oh where did you go to school clark atlanta oh where is that like, atlanta atlanta like what like so those things and me not caring about traditionally white things like i don't care about sports really i don't mm -hmm. care about these things like i don't golf you know whatever so mm -hmm. And I didn't go to University of Alabama to tell you how our sports team is doing being from Alabama. They're like, oh, well, you're from Alabama. Do you? Nope, I don't care. I didn't go there. So finding those commonalities was probably one of the, the, the most challenging things about just being black in a really white space, especially coming from HBCU, right? Coming yeah. from this, like, paradise, this... Mm. Yeah, I don't even know what else to call it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's um, real. Utopia, utopia was the word I was looking for. That's right? good. That's a good way to put it. But I mean, that's interesting, and I think I deal with that a lot now. I think I, it can't. It think it took me, honestly, going to college and to realize, like, damn, I really am like different in the way that I think and the things that I'm interested in and like what builds my personality. Because I, I you know, I definitely, you know, I watch sports. I entertain, you know, I entertain. I'm entertained by them. Um, mm -hmm. I've played them before, all these different things, but that's really not my personality. You know, I never right. had a favorite team. I've never grew up like loving a certain, you know, certain players. I knew the game. I understood the game. I can talk about it. I can be on my barbershop shit. I can argue, you know, you know, argue LeBron, MJ all day type shit. But yeah. in reality, that's not really me. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to really be my go-tos. And um, I usually always have tried to, goes to something I actually fucking like. And I think, you know, Gift of Gab has allowed me to be able to have some of those conversations and moments and mm -hmm. be able to forge something else that I feel like I can get some type of headway, oh, which, yeah. I, which I believe yeah. has helped me a lot when it came to uh, interviewing and, and, and mm -hmm. like certain things like that. Because like you mentioned, I do, I, I am someone who has, who has long locks, who's black and, uh, and not short, you know? And I think, that shit, I, I definitely um, got a lot of different things from professors talking about, you know, you know, you know, you 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 have yeah. a lot of potential and you do this, that, and the third, but like, I do know that this is going to be a thing. The world has not changed that much. <laughs> They're going to definitely ask you about this. This is just make sure you're ready for whatever that is. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to tell you to cut it. I'm not going to tell you you need to. I'm just going to let you know that that is something to expect. And um, and then for damn sure I got that. I'm talking about immediately in all the interviews, uh, uh, half the interviews that I went on after school, uh, where that was a conversation, you know. And um, and I've walked out a few, like I've just flat out walked out a few interviews, you know what I'm wow. saying? Just ended, just ended them right there because it's kind of like I see where this is going. Right. Um, and and it's kind of like I we really don't even have to take it there because that's something that I'm that's like non-negotiable for me. 
Right. And um, because because that's not that that does nothing like that does nothing about if I would do a good job or a bad job at this very job. Um, and if there if I'm in a place that that's something that you want, then that's a place I shouldn't be. And that was and I think that was a hard decision to make. Because I know for a lot of, because I know I passed up a lot of things. They probably would have fucked around and hired me if I just cut my hair. But mm-hmm. um, but that was something I just couldn't budge on. That was something I just couldn't do. Uh, I that, was, that was something I just felt like, I what 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 am I what am I choosing this for? Like, why am I deciding to do a thing for a specific job that I don't even that that's really not loyal to me? Right. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like I'm making a life decision for myself, a personal choice for myself when I'm only coming to see you eight hours a day. You know what I'm saying? Like the rest of them days, I got to go home with me and like exactly. what I see and like how I feel and, and, and be riding, not just be riding the employee of. Uh, Ooh, yes. And I think Say that's that and I think that was my that's always been my argument about it. And this kind of like. It's not a, a a strange attachment that I have with it. It's more so I chose to do this. I've I have these credentials to to even just get an interview. Even if you are just blindly interviewing all these different people, you I, I talked to you through fucking LinkedIn. You know what I'm saying? If you did, if you had a problem with this, you shouldn't have even responded to the LinkedIn. How about that? Um, <laughs> okay. It um, is. It just is what it is. So you know. Fuck them. It is what it is. But I like, do think right. If you don't like me for who I am, I don't need to be there. Like that's not even a place I need to be. Yeah, so yeah. I can't work. Cool. I, we can't. We can't break bread. <laughs> right. That's it. We can't so break bread. I, but I, I would, respect you for real for not budging on that. Like, no. Nah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't stuff. though. I couldn't though. And I think you know from a workplace culture standpoint, I think um, in office because I definitely work in office and I. This is my second you know, job working in an office environment. The first one was very non-traditional, but it was interesting learning certain things, like just learning the uh, the very str- strange interest and the almost weird responsibility sometimes that you kind of feel when you're like the black individual in the office. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like when certain things happen in the news, when certain Ooh. things just happen in the world, when yes. uh, when it comes to just certain questions that people will come to you f- come to you about that you know they're not asking no fucking body else in the office mm-hmm. about, you yes. know. And I've, I've I've checked a lot of my coworkers. You know, I, I was in a I was in a I I think oddly enough, my first job I was in a place to where I didn't realize I never really code switch until I talked to to somebody came and visited me and until I talked to a few people and they were just like, Ryan, you really don't code switch. Like I was at work <laughs> on Facetime. And somebody came up to me. I was just like, yeah, I'm just chilling with my little white folks at work or whatever. You know what I'm saying? These my white dudes. I love them type shit. Like, I said I said that. And they were just mm-hmm. like, damn, like, that's cool. Like, they cool. I was like, I mean, why wouldn't they be? That's what they are to me. What you saying? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. And, I, and, like, I did that so accidental. And then I, like, had to, like, step back and look at myself like, damn, why am I, why am I like this? And I think... It was certainly the the training up the training up at you know going to an HBCU that I believe that gave me the confidence to even kind of come at it in that way and not even yeah. not even to intuitively code switch mm-hmm. and you know and find my little you know sorry to bother you voice and come in there saying things however I'm saying them like I remember like people having to ask me to repeat myself because I might have used some slang or something like that and they're like huh. I was like, oh, it's 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 cool, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all I'm saying. It's cool. Yeah. It's it's all right. You know, it's yeah. fine. You know, oh, I, yeah, it's fine. You know, I gotta I gotta like say it like that. And I even gotta catch myself in emails, like mm-hmm. all the time. I'll be I'll be wanting to just type like, oh, okay, cool, cool. It's lit. I mean, <laughs> understood. <laughs> you know, thanks. You know, per my last email. Yeah. Instead of being like. I said what I said. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's 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 a trip. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't understand just the pressure of just being that person who is the other in your office. And and also, like, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but have you ever been in an experience where everyone gets this thing and this thing just might just be a very white thing or just a very regional thing or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you don't understand it at all? Yeah, 
yeah, all the time. So the company that I was working for is based in. Oh, I'm gonna give it away if I say that. I'm gonna say Midwest. So I okay. worked with a bunch of Midwestern white people. Mm. And so that's very regional, right? I'm from the South. Yeah, so uh, I, you up my alley now, girl. What? Like, what are y'all talking about? And then like a lot of Ohio State um, grads, Michigan, all these people, and I'm just like, huh? Like when y'all said pop, I was confused. <laughs> but like, wait, what? So yeah, all the time. And then do, it's like, do I even ask them? Do I really even care to ask them? Like, I don't know. But yeah, that happened all the time. Um, I don't even know what about. I can't even give you a specific answer. Oh, no, I, I can't either. Like, I can't either. I just always wonder if that's the situation that you put yourself in, like that you gotten yourself into. I, and I've been blessed enough to be around like, in my first job to hate the job but love the people that I work with, which I find which I mm-hmm. realized from talking to you know, I you know, a fellow classmates and stuff about their experiences in their first jobs out of school and them talking about how they literally can only talk to one motherfucking that bitch. They can only talk to one person or some people who don't who can't talk to no one. Like everyone's mm-hmm. just either old, out of touch, a lot of co workers. So it's like you can't even like be excited to talk about this show or be, you know, like, yeah. like how can you have water cooler talk when everybody you work with is not even around, you know, doing the things that you do, you know, and talking about the things that you talk about, but they can always have that, you know, when, when March Madness happens, everybody's talking about the games, everybody's trying to stream it on their phones and shit, you know, but like when a new insecure drop, you like, damn, like, I was just about to say insecure. I was like, I can't even go to work and talk to people. So I'm just talking to people on Twitter about this. Yeah, like, like genuinely. Calling my that, friends. Yeah, like, what's like, up? Like, like and it, it, baff, it truly baffles me. Like, I'm like, y'all do not understand how terrible it is. It, but it, but at, in that same breath, they wonder why so many, you know, of the quote unquote black people at work are so antisocial. You know, like, right. this is why, like. I don't want to hang with y'all. I don't want to be around y'all. We don't vibe at work. Why would I want to hang with you outside of work? What? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to work with people that were pretty cool. Like, you know, I hung out with my my white coworkers outside of work. Like, going out for drinks with them. You know, took me out for my birthday. You know, all kind of stuff was cool. Everyone was cool. But like you said, there's still, like, that, like, disconnect of, like, culture almost. Like, I can't share these things with you. Yes. And I feel like that's really where code switching comes into play, like, at work. It's like, I remember saying it's lit to one of my coworkers. And she was like, what? What does that mean? And then, like, now I become the Urban Dictionary. So now every time mm-hmm. you don't understand something, you're asking me what that means like. Oh, yeah. But I know I know, I reached a good level of being the most myself I could be because I, it was certain things that I'm glad rubbed off on some of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And it was conversations and moments that I forgot I even had with them. Like, just moments where I told them, hey, you know that little thing that you did? That shit's, like, hella offensive. I'm not going to trip on you. But don't do that shit no more around nobody else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to just let you know that right now. Yeah. Um, Just just certain things. You know what I'm saying? You, you're talking about, like, you know, touching hair. You're mm. talking about just microaggressions. And what, what are microaggressions, Rodney? Ooh, yes. You know, that type of shit. And, like, when... Uh, one one that I'm so proud of, because I believe I truly had... I feel like I really had an effect on this dude who... I, I, I like to call him, like, the 1% Teddy. Teddy was certainly it comes from wealth, grew up in the Gold Coast, you know what I'm saying? And like Teddy was like extremely privileged, extremely fucking like sheltered. We talking about just got his fucking license, just learning how to cook. The man is literally like 23, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um maybe like 20, yeah, like probably 23. And and I'm just like and he was so fascinated with the very simple things that I knew how to do. You know what I'm saying? That was when I realized, like, oh, damn, you really, you like rich, rich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you got this job just to have a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't have to work, you, if your parents didn't make you get a job, you would not be working. That's the, that was his situation. And, like, one day he had came to me on some, like, we're talking about maybe eight months after Get Out comes out. He was like, hey, Rodney, have you seen this movie? I went and seen this movie called Get Out. 
And then I didn't answer. I just looked at him. And he's like, that was a microaggression, wasn't it? And I was like, there you go, Ted. <laughs> wow. Why did, I was like, oh. I was like, I know you've been in here for hours. And I bet I'm the first one you coming to to mm-hmm. ask about this damn movie, right? And he was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, it was a microaggression. I'm sorry. I ain't mean it. Like, Teaching the youth. And, 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 and you know what? I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it because it all depends on the space that I'm in to like truly right. have that moment with you. And, uh, and and more than anything, them being a lot of Midwesterners, Midwesterners have a weird, honestly, Midwest, everybody outside the fucking South have a very <laughs> weird sense about what racism is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they truly believe, like, it's a lot of people in Chicago who truly believe that, you know, yeah, you know, it's parts of Chicago. It's people who might be racist, you know, in Chicago or, like, you know, in Illinois. But, like, we not like the South. You know, we ain't like that. I'm like, I was but like, I was like, I'm going to break it down to you real simple, right? The, Chicago alone is a is an example. It was like, but Chicago, a big city guy, all different types of people. I was like, yep, you hear what you just said? All different types of people, right? Tell me how many of those different types of people who live in those different types of neighborhoods all live in amongst and intertwine and intermingle with each other. There is a Ukrainian village. There's a little Italy. There is a Greek town. There is a Dominican side of town. There's a Mexican side of town. There is a black side of town and a blacker side of town. What are you talking about? This whole city is just segregated. And when you talk, and and then when you think about just the whole aligning and whole infrastructure of the city, it's racist. And he was like, what do you mean? It was like, it's very easy if you live on the south side or the west side to get into the city. But it's very fucking hard for you to do the other thing back the other way. So they wanted to make it very easy for anybody who works to get to fucking work. We get, But we, don't, we can't do nothing about you getting back to wherever the hell you're going. So if you live on deep south... You can always get into town real easily. You can, freeways all go that way, whatever, whatever. But if you live on the north side of town, you don't need a car. You do not need a car. You literally can take public transportation because it's conveniently located near everything that you need to be. But who lives on this side of town? Tell me that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. So they can live on this side of town, afford to live on this side of town, and also literally have a whole bit bunch of savings by literally just taking public transportation everywhere they go, Ubering and, and getting on the train everywhere they go. Wow, there has to be someone who literally lives not in literally the equivalent distance from downtown as they do, but they have to have a car. Right. They have no, to that, have these expenses. the perfect example, like, and it's just crazy that they think – just because the city itself is diverse, that it's not. Yeah. Like, no, it is. And you know, I kill them. I kill them every time with, uh, how many, I was like, how far south have you been in Chicago? <laughs> like, Ooh. how far on the south side have you been? Because you hit me with motherfucking, bruh. <laughs> if they hit me with South Loop, I'm like, you need to stop talking. If you I, hit me with, like, literally the bottom of downtown. I was about to say downtown. That's about as far as that's. That's what a lot of people say. That Mm -hmm. is a lot of people's answer to that. So it's like, give me the reason why you haven't went further. And they want to change the subject. And it's like, there you go. You know what I'm saying? You already have a pre... And it's a lot of people who are not even from Chicago. They're just from different parts of the Midwest. And you're afraid of something that you don't even understand. Yep. It's a problem with that. It's a problem with that. But I, I would love to know, like, to get into how millennials have changed things, how we have done things differently. Common, it used to be very commonplace for people to find a job, whatever that job is, and to stay in that job. If it's a good job, that good job will take you on to the promised land. Mm-hmm. You'll make a good bit of money. You'll You'll, you'll be good. You'll be fine. You'll be able to raise your children. You'll be able to have some children. You'll be able to buy a house. You'll be able to do all these different things. Now, mind you, we're talking about a whole different time. We're talking about pre-financial crisis, pre-housing uh, crisis, pre-Great Recession. We're talking about a lot of pre's here. You know what I'm saying? Right. We're talking about in the midst of all these different eras where things were happening in a different fashion. You know what I'm saying? Where you had the 
you know, all these different industries that were fucking booming from the auto industry to the to real estate industry and all these different things where people were in a good fucking spot. And that was how they were able to. That's why so many of our you know, parents and grandparents were able to do so much by just keeping that one little job, even if that one job was in manufacturing. They could mm-hmm. literally have a whole family. You know what I'm saying? A lot of folks' grandfathers were manual laborers, and they were able to have a whole big-ass house. You know what I'm saying? We're able to have 15 kids and all that type of shit. Um, right. I would love to discuss with you what are the things that you notice that millennials do differently now compared to what you know to be something that didn't happen in the past. Yeah. So we love, we have all heard that millennials are just not loyal and we just mm-hmm. move from place to place. And I think you said that earlier. And mm-hmm. I think to your point about pre-financial crisis was our parents had a pension plan. Our mm. grandparents had a pension plan. Mm. There are like three to four companies right now, like major companies that offer pensions like Nestle Union Pacific you know, a few others, but that's not the majority. So oh, we don't dang. have any incentive to stay somewhere for 30, 40 years. What's yep. the point? Yeah. Like I can roll my 401k over to the next place. Like that's nothing. Like, yeah, I ha- yeah. So that, that like what incentives do we really have to stay somewhere for all of this time? And it, I think we found out that companies aren't loyal to us. Mm. If you need, if you need to lay me off, if something happens, you're going to. Yeah. You first. So I'm I'm giving you the same thing that you're giving me. Like, it's it's a contract, not a relationship. Like mm-hmm. it's it's that's just it. And I think millennials, we care more about finding our passion and our purpose than maybe our our parents and grandparents did. It was just different values. They're just like work hard, provide for your family. And we're like, we want to work smart and also provide for our family. We don't want to work hard. We want to work smart. Not hard. We want to care about what we're doing, you know. But don't um, don't you think it's kind of their fault though? Like oh, <laughs> I, I feel like it is. Oh, when it I is. say it's their fault, in a in a sense of instilling that y'all raised activity. us, y'all raised us, and y'all oh, didn't yeah. raise us. I feel like our parents didn't raise us on some like you gonna do exactly what the fuck I did. No, I, most didn't. of our parents, when I talk to people about when I meet people's parents, when I talk to them about things, their parents are very matter of fact about how I did not want my child to go through what I went through. I want my child to be better than me. I told my child they can do whatever. You could be the president if you want to. So it's kind of, it's interesting to me that we have people who are at our parents' age or right below our parents' age who are vehemently against millennials in in these specific ideals of you know loyalty especially when it comes to a job when it's like you told us not to like hold it down like you told us to like (laughs) do what the fuck we want essentially you told us to go to fucking school too and get this Mm -hmm. you know and get this debt Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um and i feel like that that's something they don't i don't think it's in the conversation enough that's all that's all i have to say yeah, though I completely agree. It's just like you complain about our values, but who instilled those values into us? That's the perfect point. Like you raised me, so how are you going to complain about how you raised me? Make it make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I know you. So, you know, go ahead. No, no. It's just like it just this doesn't make sense to me. But hey, yeah. Because I noticed even in because um, I work in logistics, and you know when you're talking about like. With that instilling of paradigm of like, I don't want you to do what I did. That's why so many people, we can't, I, I highly doubt me or you could probably name a list of people who we know who are doing something extremely technical and very well needed. I can't name one plumber from our class. I can't name an electrician from our class. I can't name people Ooh. who have done these, who've went these technical routes and done a certain thing. And there's nothing wrong with those jobs. It's just the fact that, most people our age aren't choosing to do that. That's usually a last resort than a first one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I've been interviewing. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go get this HVAC license and go do this or whatever and build motherfucking air conditions. You know what I'm saying? That's usually a very last resort thing. And even in that, even in getting that certification, if they can figure out a way to not do that, they're going to not do that too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like we saw our parents break their backs. Yeah. hard manual labor. And they didn't want that for us. So we they yeah. pushed this, okay, go to university, go to college, four years, do this, do that. So that's what we did. 
We did exactly, exactly what, what you is. asked. And and we we also going to have an opinion. We're not going to not have an opinion about what we're getting ourselves into. And I, I, I like I said, I see it in the industry all the time. It's a problem they have in, in logistics industry with like trucking and shit like that because the average truck driver is like in his fucking 50s. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and it ain't like people lining up in their twenties, you know what I'm saying, fresh out of fresh out of high school or fresh out of college to go and drive a fucking truck around the world. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. nobody wants to fucking do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nobody. And the then on top they, of Huh? Oh sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying like the people that they that do do, do that weren't told they had other options, right? Like so yes. me being from the re- really rural south, like that's what people here do because they weren't told to go to college. They weren't yes. told to do anything else. But Go they, ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, they just, they were just told that you can make some money doing this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's easy. You just exactly. drive. You just drive. Exactly. You be on time. <laughs> and I just, I don't know. I think, I think that shit is crazy. And I, what, what about when it comes to the notion of like how we don't, how like when it comes to internships, especially. I think that's an interesting thing to me. People, there's definitely this notion of, and especially within entertainment industries, especially, I hear it a lot, you know, when it comes to like uh, these different kind of pop culture, different uh, platforms who talk about how their interns want so much. Like the, and, and you can relate this to any industry, obviously, where internships and things that you get where people are essentially historically have been treated and misused and abused of power and people are just literally doing all this work for fucking free because they feel like the fact that you're able to even just do the work to go get the fact you can go get my coffee is enough payment than actual payment you know what i'm saying like how do you feel about that mindset because that's something that people are still dealing with to this day on a heavy way like not having that experience is hard to say but like personally i i wouldn't take an internship that's not paid like unless unless it was like okay i only went there a few hours a week and i'm really learning something that i want to do right like i'm really breaking into this industry and really learning those technical job functions yeah then i i wouldn't i wouldn't do it but yeah, I think to your point, it's uh, it's misused a lot in like entertainment. Like I've heard that. As well, yeah. So and and you know, I don't know. I I think you know. <laughs> I understand the whole sense of paying your dues and all that type of shit. Like, give me something. I gotta pay bills. Though. Give me <laughs> like feed a motherfucker. Some like <laughs> dang, you know. And it's 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 very wild. It's very crazy. And I feel for everybody who's you know going through that and dealing with that still to this day because it's definitely people who are still trying to break into certain things that are very, you know, loose industries that, you know, it's about who you know and you got to do this. Right. But there's no way to just Google the shit. You know what I'm saying? Which which to me is a uh, is red flags in a way, but certain certain things couldn't be, you know, figured out. But because uh, I'm figuring out shit right now going into, you know, stepping my, stepping, you know, stepping my toes into, you know, the media game and shit. It's, it's weird. It's very weird. There's a lot of egos. It's a lot of, a lot of mm-hmm. weird things that kind of come along with it. But it's kind of like, what I'm, I'm just learning a lot <laughs> more than anything. I'm just learning a lot, and, yeah. uh, and what, and I think something that I learned so long ago is that a lot of creatives need to be grounded, and a lot of, you know, folks who are extremely business minded need to be a little bit more creative sometimes. So yeah. it's an interesting place to be in. But I would love to jump the conversation to something that you said earlier. And that was that you used to have, you used to take a lot of, va- you take a lot of vacations to keep yourself sane. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would like to say, you know, it's great old saying that I made up a long time ago was this, you know, I literally only go to work to, you know, in between my vacations, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> um, yes, I love that because, yes. because yeah. I genuinely, even when I'm on vacation and I'm coming off vacation, I'm sitting here thinking like, damn, when can I plan to go somewhere else? Like, when can I, like, get this? Like, what's my PTO looking like? What is mm-hmm. this? Like, I shame my girl for not using hers. Like, oh, no, y'all got to use that. I'll be, I'll be like, that. why are you? I was like, why are you trying to be Miss Goody? Two shoes with this shit. Go, don't go. Like, you're tired. You you need a, a day off. You've been working how many days straight? Don't go. Like, you got sick, you got sick days and PTO. I would be, mm-hmm. shit. I would be using all that shit. You know what I'm saying? You, you would not see me if I don't want to be seen. 
And I would love to know, you know, was was that was taking vacations? Was that the only thing that you did to kind of, you know, create some type of work life balance to the things that you wanted to do and the things that you kind of were obligated to do? Hmm. Yeah, I think um, having a salaried job where I had a phone and a laptop, so work never really shut off. Mm -hmm. I had to be more mindful of work life balance. So like I started just setting boundaries with myself like this time of the day is to me. Whether I want to watch Netflix, whether I want to work on my own personal goals, yep. whatever it is, like set boundaries for yourself. Like, okay, at six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever it is, I'm shutting this down. Mm -hmm. and I'm doing this for me. Or if you wake up in the morning and go to the gym and that's your thing, like whatever your thing is, do that. <laughs> like, and to your point, PTO, vacation time, sick days, whatever, take it. Don't leave that on the table. It is there for you to take. Yes. So I wasn't. Le I was. I was asking. I was asking for extra vacation days. I was like, "Can I do this project <laughs> to get a comp day? Can I do community service for a comp day? Like, can I like can I get a comp day?" Was my was my question. Like, I'm trying to get extra days. Like, we I had feel a, you. We had a plan where we could purchase vacation days for like some portion of like or some percentage of our salary, some type of stuff. I don't know how it works, but I but I thought about it and I was like. Hmm. I'm I just, might buy a day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. So like that was that's how I really achieved work life balance though was like vacations were a big thing for me. Even if it was like a small trip, you know, like I went to Atlanta for the weekend or I went here, you know, I did something local even. I was living in Orlando at the time. So like, okay, I drove to Tampa for the weekend just oh, you know, yeah. laid you on could, the beach. You, could, you was close to the beaches. <laughs> close to exactly. the beaches. Hey. <laughs> Right. So, like, just find something that you really enjoy and make that a part of your day to day. Like, I like to write. So for me, like, OK, I'm going to write, you know, for an hour or whatever it is, whatever it is that's yours. Just do that. And just don't like like we said, the job is a job. If it's not your company, unless unless it's your company, just don't just don't give it that much. Like, do a good job. Go to work you know give them 100 percent when you're at work but take time for yourself don't run yourself into the ground for someone else's company i agree that's, i whew. agree and i think that's a great segue into the the i'm not sure if you got your three tips right yeah i do so I do. three tips of getting the most out of your job slash workplace and i say this because i believe there are so many people who get into the rigmarole, get into the mundane, the monotony of going just to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. And it does nothing for, you know, your mental health usually. It usually makes shit worse. Mm -hmm. it, it makes you feel like you're, you know, it just does not do you any good. And then on top of that, you're neglecting so much other, so many other things in your, in your life you could be, you know, giving some time to. Because trust me, I understand, like, fatigue is a real thing. You might have planned to do a whole, a whole bunch of shit when you got home, but you tired mm -hmm. as fuck. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many different things. And I, and I want people to feel like they can have the job. They can have a, you know, a job. They don't have to just, like, don't. I feel like everybody should not. I want everyone to certainly feel like they can be their own boss. I definitely would never be against that. But. That right there is something that you have to discover and learn and figure out. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, it's going to take some time. So you might need a job. You know what I'm saying? So and even in the sense of that, that's still something you still should go into having the I'm going to be my own boss mindset. Because you should be seeing yourself as someone who is qualified, has these credentials, and you are essentially selling those credentials yes. for this corporation. You should not think of it as they are employing you and they almost own you and they mm -hmm. have you on contract. You should get yourself qualified enough to where you're literally parceling off who wh what you can do, what your ability is with these individuals. And I believe that is what's going to always put you in a better place. The people who work for corporate America, people who do any type of freelance situations because they are extremely empowered and you cannot tear them down, but you need this individual to do the job because you need them to do the job, that's the place that you should always try to strive to be in. Where it's like, I like, that. like you don't need to like, like y'all need me more than I need you in this situation. Because mm -hmm. I have, I've built the credentials. There's plenty of other companies who probably want me to do what I do for you over there. 
Um, And I could do that and also negotiate even more money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, that's the situation. So I'll let you go first with your three and then I go with my three. Okay. Yeah, I really like what you just said. And you said something earlier. Like, I think you said, like, I have to go home and be happy with myself. Like, I'm riding at the end of the day. Like, yeah, you do. So, like I was just saying, one of my tips is really just, like, you come first. Like, at the end of the day, your mental health is the most important because that's a challenge I struggled with. And my previous job was just being, like, anxious and depressed and, like, no. Like, you come first. It's a job, like you said, mm-hmm. you know. Um, go home, enjoy life, enjoy your friends, family, pet, travel, whatever it is that you do, do that. Make time for yourself. So that's one thing because you're getting paid. So you like use that, use that money to 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 do something. Just be happy with. It. So that's tip number one. Number two, um, I would say like at work find a mentor or or network so networking slash mentorship that really helped me i think just find my way in corporate especially to those people in corporate just like find someone who who came before you who knows the ropes who can who can put you on essentially like who can help you who can guide you um so that's that's number two definitely it's all about who you know even once you get the job it's still about who you know at the company so keep that in mind Ah, number three was more for those people who don't really like their jobs but it can be even if you do so for me at my last job and this is actually i'm giving y'all some free therapy right here because my therapist told me this um find something at your job that you enjoy so my therapist sat down with me and said write everything that you that you enjoy about your job or that you like about your job and just focus on that So for me, a project that I wanted to work on was freelance writing. And so I had some opportunities to work with my clients at work, you know, on building their blogs and doing stuff like that. So that's something that I wanted to do personally, but Mm. I used my job to do it professionally. So find something at your job that you enjoy doing, that you're passionate about, you know, and focus on that and use that. Use your job to, to like I guess use your job as a leverage for those things that you're passionate about, even outside of work. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. I think ours are kind of similar. I think ours are kind of similar, but I think uh, I'll definitely try to break them down to you to give people some variety. Number one for me was use them benefits to the max. And when I'm talking about bending, bending fits, what I'm talking (laughs) about is, you know, the sad part about being, you know, black, sad part about probably being the first person in your family to reach a certain amount of, you know, net mm. worth is that mm. we have to then deal with what we didn't have before. And what mm. I mean by that is dental health, you know, mental health, body health, all these different things. So make sure that you got, you know, health insurance. And not only that, make sure you got it, make sure that you are utilizing it. You know what I'm saying? If you have not updated your glass prescription in three to four years and your mama has been had you off, but you did not know, you need to go ahead and just tell them to go ahead and elect them damn uh, benefits. I know it's coming out your, I know it's coming out your check. I know, mm-hmm. but let that shit come out your check so you can get them teeth fixed. You feel me? Amen. Let that shit happen and use that shit to the max. Most of these, most plans, most companies have free cleanings, have free whitenings. Certain things have specials. Certain things in your network, if you find a great local dentist, hopefully you you know you patronize one of color, they could hook your ass up. You know what I'm saying? Have you looking like a whole new person? There's certain uh, health benefits and health plans that even give you discounts on gym memberships and trainings and uh, Mm -hmm. trainers and things like that. So use your benefits to the max. And you have certain companies that have even cooler benefits from discount on certain products that you guys might have to um, just certain things like that. Like for us, uh, because we're in logistics, we have so many different things with uh, locally, but also just nationally when it comes to certain companies that we can get a certain discount. We can get a certain this. We can get a little bit of that. We can get a little bit of this here. Understand what your benefits package are. Go talk to whoever in HR. Make sure you they, make sure you cool with whoever in HR, too. And um, use your benefits to the max. Use them shits. Uh, then also get certified. And it's kind of going to 
kind of, I guess, what you're saying about, you know, finding something that you enjoy at work. What I uh, what I noticed in my job and what I've noticed in a lot of other people who especially who work in any type of corporate space is that there are opportunities that come about for you to gain a new skill, for you Mm -hmm. to learn something new. Um, If that's like being little like a fucking certified individual in a specific program or a specific piece of software that is used, um, you know, all across the industry or or across different industries. Uh, That's something that I suggest for all of you to sign up for. If it's just a a boring ass, you know, two, three hour slideshow of just nonsense, go get that shit. Now that shit you can put on your resume. You know what I'm saying? They helping you make something, give you something transferable. Cause that was something that I feel like I lacked in my previous employer is that everything I felt like I was getting from the job was not transferable. I can only do this shit here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's that's nowhere you need to be. If all if the only way that you can transfer these skills is if you go and work within that company somewhere else. You need to get any certification that you can grab, that you can get. If that's even CPR, go get that shit. You know what I'm saying? That shit might say you might literally save a life. Um then you have uh max out that PTO. You do not need, you know what I'm saying? Use all of it. Use all of it. It's cool if you got a little rollover. You know what I'm saying? If it rolls over. But also, that tells you, you didn't use enough that year. You know what I'm saying? You should have used all this shit. You know what I'm saying? You should have. And and if you have the ability to use it at the end of the year, take you a nice little vacation at the end of the year. Bring in a new year in a new country. Bring it in in a new place. You know what I'm saying? Just be like, hey, y'all, I ain't coming back till two weeks into the new year. You know what I'm saying? Because I got this much PTO left. I've been bullshitting all year. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Understand whatever your PTO plan is. There's so many different ones. If the PTO plan at your job is trash, that's something for you to fight for also. Uh, Just because it should be an industry standard thing, it should be something that makes fucking sense. It should be very good. It should be very reasonable, if you ask me. And in all honesty, I think we could get even more. Personally, I believe everybody should have at least a month of PTO, but some people... Oh, yes, preach. (laughs) Because I just think about like, how in the hell in a whole in all these other foreign countries these people are literally taking fucking months off and the world still goes on? How does that work? I don't right. know. And also, I believe just the work week and the work day is something that has, from a productivity standpoint, you still can get so much shit done. Nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, all these different desk jobs you don't have to really go in the office to do. So it's kind of like. Flex in any way you can. Max out that PTO. Be savvy with your PTO. And also, if you do have offices all over the nation and for whatever job you have, and that will not count against your PTO, but you can still travel, make yep. sure you do that shit, too, because I do that shit all the time. When I went to Atlanta for homecoming, you know what I did? I worked out at Atlanta office, and so that means I didn't end up using none of my PTO. I'm just yep. in that bitch. You feel me? And yeah. you do that with whatever you can. Do that whenever you can. Make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Don't yeah. Be don't be afraid to ask. Your job may have the resources for you to work remote. And if that's an option for you, then ask. You know what I'm saying? Get the fuck away from this damn job, like this this office, so you can get your peace of mind, get your house in order, get you in order. You feel me? But no. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to impart and tell the individuals? Because you're in an interesting time. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope that you find where, wherever you go to next is exactly what you want to do and exactly where you want to be doing whatever the hell you want to do. Um, is there any parting words that you would like to give the people who are listening? Ooh. Um, you know, like I said, I wanted to be very transparent with where I'm at in my journey because, you know, I know I'm not the only one. I know. Yeah. So not. hopefully someone out there listening was inspired by this. Do not stay at a job that you hate, okay? Because I stayed for way too long. And God said, listen, it was it's time for you to go. So that's what we're going to do. Hey. Um, I would just say, like, like everything you just said, just, like, really maxi- maximize those benefits and and focus on you, like, Whatever growth and development you can get from that company, do it. And if even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, there's still something, you know, that you can do outside of work. So you're not dependent on this company. Because right now, I mean, I'm chilling at home, but I got some freelance work going on, you know. So I'm going to be good. Like, yeah, just 
just don't stay somewhere that you're unhappy. Be happy. Life is too short. It really is. It really yeah. is. And I, I love, I love it. I love that. And I just want to end on that and um, let everybody know that, you know, be where you want to be. Make sure you're happy. Your, your life is as happy as you want to be. And you are in control of all those different things. That is all how life needs to be. Work should not be such a strain on you that it's like literally affecting everything around you. You know what I'm saying? This is literally how you make a living. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it should not be hard on you. It should be where you want it to be. That's all I'm saying. But no, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. I really love everything you had to say. Make sure you tell everybody how they can follow you, how they can keep up with you, how they can support anything that you're doing. Oh, yes. So, no, thank you for having me, Rodney. I really appreciate it. Um, Like I said earlier, a little shameless plug, I have a travel blog. So, y'all, if y'all have questions about travel and how I did that, how I made that work, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Alicia, A-L-Y-C-I-A, Adventurista. So, basically, like, adventure, but, you know, in Spanish. So, adventure (laughs) with that Easter at the end. Um, and then that's my website as well. So Um, Yeah, that's where you guys can follow me. So um, subscribe to the blog. I send out travel deals so y'all can travel. For the hey, <laughs> hey, subscribe to the blog. <laughs> plug, that's that's a hook, though. Like... That's a hug. That's it. I'm 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 right that down too. Like Yeah, I got you. So you got listen, deals. I, went to, I went to Europe last month, the month before last. Yeah. Um for three hundred dollars. Three hundred US dollars. Wow. Yeah. So that's wild. what I do. That's what I do. Look, look, look. I'm here for it. I am here yeah. for it. I'm a, I'm gonna definitely ask you to consult on some shit I'm looking to. Um to. for sure, for sure. I got matter of fact, I got a uh Appoint. I set an appointment this weekend to uh, to set up my little pre check. Y'all get go get some pre check if you travel a lot. Go get you a little pre check. Oh yeah, I got mine for free. So one of my credit cards uh, pays for that. So again, oh, that's lit. Read the blog. I, I talk about this. I got you. Read the blog. <laughs> damn it. Read the blog. I am here for it. Well, if you don't know, now you know. You can listen to uh, the Simply King podcast. Everywhere podcasts are available from Google Play to, to no, not SoundCloud, because SoundCloud is just uh, too much. But Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio. Um, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you uh, leave a review. Make sure you share with whoever you can share it with. I'm talking about mama, sister, auntie, mama, them, daddy, them, everybody. Let everybody know what's happening over here if you really enjoyed it. Because I need it. You know what I'm saying? I need that. Um, I really appreciate y'all. I really appreciate you, Alicia, giving me your time. This is a great episode. And I think this is one that's going to help people forever and ever. And, uh this is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans Simply Being Humans. I'm Rodney Perry, also known as King, and this is Simply King. Peace. Drive me a dessert. Nothing to have you learn.